0: Welcome to Vertical Church Online. I hope you're all doing well. As we continue our series, This Is My Story. Let's check in with Pastor Brian and see what he has to say. My life is a series of pages. Pages filled with interesting characters, changing settings, perfectly crafted tension and resolve. There is adventure, tragedy, gain intrigue, romance, and mystery. To others, the pages may seem confusing, out of order, and without meaning. But my life is not random. There is an author, and I know him well. There is a plot, and I rest in what he writes. This is my hope, this is my confidence, and this, this is my story. You came already? Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Christopher, Dudley, and Miss Carol. Awesome. Um, man, I'm excited for a lot of reasons today. One of them is because Marshall is here for the first time, our new grandson. Yeah, he's on the front row up here. It's awesome. Very good. Well, I'm excited about continuing our, our series. This is my story. I prayed a lot this week, and the last few days especially. Asking God, do you want me to change what we're doing Sunday? Do I need to change my message, different subject, different pattern here? I got nothing. So I'm continuing on with what he started in us. And what he began, he will be faithful to complete. Amen? Amen. So we're going to continue our series. This is my story. I'm grateful that God is a storyteller because this is how he reveals himself to us. This is in the form of a story. He has identified himself as the one who's the author And the finisher of our faith. He is actively writing a story that he is the beginning and ending of already. He is outside of the beginning and ending of it. But he has chosen to put us who do not deserve to be in the story, in the story. And he's chosen to write a story in us. And we've been looking at what it means for him to write the story and how he does that. And he does it with a very specific pattern. And when you recognize the pattern, you can recognize his hand in your life. Here's God's pattern. There's always a beginning with a vision toward the future that's good. There's always an antagonist. There's always something that comes along to bring some darkness into the story. It happens in all of our lives, and it happens in repetitive form, as chapters in our life. But God is good because there's always a rescue for those he loves. He pours out mercy and he rescues us from the time of darkness. And then the fourth part is that there's always an epic transformation. From the time that was dark, he brings light. From the time that was hopeless, he brings hope. From the time when it seemed like there was rejection, He brings love. This is how God writes stories. It's been our goal as a staff and leaders in the church to help us as a church be able to recognize God's hand, know our story, and be able to tell that story. What a day to live when people have a hard time knowing what's next in the story. When you don't know what's next you panic. But as those who know the storyline, who know who's writing the story, we do not have to fear. So here's our goal during these two months is to help us as a church know how to recognize God's hand in our story, know our story, be able to craft that story down to a minute where you can tell your story in one minute. And it is possible. And then to come to the church on a date, we will let you know, and you will sit and record your story. We're going to post them online, and we believe God will use that to bring transformation to our nation. Can you imagine if 80 people out of vertical knew their story, told their story, we posted them, and each one got 300 views. That's 24,000 times the story is told. That's where it just starts. So I've showed you a couple of samples of what it looks like because we've taken our staff and we've begun the process. We let out. Micah sat down this past week, our children's director, and she told her story. Watch her story. My name is Micah Staples, and my story begins in high school. I went to church every Sunday. I went to summer camps. I was a leader in my youth group. Then there became a day I began to struggle with self-doubt. I knew Jesus died for me, but I couldn't understand how I could ever measure up. I never felt like I was worthy enough. My story has changed within the last few years. Jesus has rescued me from myself. He has shown me his grace and that he is enough and there's nothing I have to do to earn that. Now, my life has changed. I used to be consumed with the guilt of all my sins Now, I live in the confidence that Jesus is bigger than my sins. Jesus is the one who saved me. And this, this is my story. Yeah. She did a great job. I'm convinced every one of us can do that. So we'll be giving you more instruction about how to do that in the coming weeks. Today, I want us to think about an important element in everyone's story it's your backstory. It's kind of become a popular thing in recent years to uh, take a movie that we've all known and all of a sudden show the backstory to that movie. They call them prequels today, right? That's what we know them as. So for example, in in 1977, we met someone named Luke Skywalker on the big screen and we met Darth Vader. But it would not be until 2005 that we would know the backstory of Darth Vader. Until we would know how he came to be, we got to know his backstory. It was in 1956 that a movie was produced called The Wizard of Oz. We've all watched it perhaps many times. It would not be until 2003, however, that a musical will be performed on Broadway, and those who watched it would get to find out why the Wicked Witch was green. It's true. 1968, Planet of the Apes. We saw it, wondered about it, thought it was strange. It would not be until 2011 that we would see the movie that would tell the backstory of how it all happened. Backstory has become the new story. Understanding what happened before. When you understand backstory, you get depth to the story. When you understand the backstory you get context. When you understand the backstory, you know where the character came from and you understand more about who they are today. If you just saw me for who I was today, you would come to a set of conclusions. But if you knew my backstory, then you would have a different set of conclusions because you would know the whole story. Everyone has a backstory. The The backstory is what you were redeemed out of. Your backstory is what Jesus came for. Your backstory is where Jesus looks really, really good. And that's what he came for, was to redeem you from your backstory. So many believers today don't want to talk about where they were. They don't want to talk about the darkness of the past. And while I agree, it's not necessary to go into all the gory details it's part of the story details to understand your backstory, what you came from. If the people around you don't know where you have been, they can't appreciate where you are today. And the story of the gospel becomes greatest when others around us know where we've come from. So today, I want to take a little trip into the life of a character from Scripture who has a backstory. So Find your place in the Bible in Genesis 32, first book in the Bible, 32 chapters in. Character we're looking at today, his name is Jacob. If you have some familiarity with the Bible, you know he is listed as those who were of great faith. In fact, when God meets with Moses at the burning bush, God identifies himself with Jacob How would you like God to have you on the resume when he's talking to someone else, right? So there when he's talking to Moses in Exodus, he says, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. You think, wow, the top three love to be listed in that list for God to use me as part of his credentials and references when talking to someone else. So you think, those guys, they had it all together. Jacob, he must have had something. Let me tell you. If you don't know Jacob's backstory, you don't understand how great it is that he even got listed there. But when you know the backstory, you know more of the story, and I'll tell you, there'll be some glory, okay, because that's what happens. Let me just give you just a little bit. I can't tell you all of Jacob's background, but let me just tell you a little bit. Jacob has a father. His name is Isaac. Isaac. Jacob has a grandfather whose name is Abraham. Now, right away, this guy's got some pressure on him. How would you like to have your grandfather is Abraham, you know, the guy that's listed as the man of faith, the man who believed God It was accounted to him for righteousness, the man that God said, do you see these stars? You are going to have children and grandchildren in a lineage greater than stars in number. I'd like to be the grandson of that guy and the grandson of Isaac. And you've got this little bit of pressure on you like, oh, man, it's on me. It's coming down to me. I've got to be part of this. This is what Jacob has going for him to begin with. He's got this promise coming down into his lineage, a promise that he's expected to fulfill, a little bit of pressure that's on him. Jacob is born into a family, and Jacob is born a twin, And Jacob is born second of the twins. Now, you would think that really wouldn't matter if you're both twins. But in this day and time when Jacob's born, it's important. Because the firstborn is the one that gets inheritance privileges. He gets blessing privileges. Firstborn had different privileges than secondborn. Secondborn had a purpose, but firstborn got a little bit different purpose in his life. And Jacob is born, and he's not like his brother. He's second born to him. Jacob is the one who's not like his brother in appearance. His brother, Esau, is the way the Bible describes it. He's like the real manly man, you know? The Bible says he was real hairy. He was real ruddy. He was real earthy. He was like, let's go out and kill something and eat it and plant something and grow. You always do something, you know? He was a guy. He was a guy that you know everybody was afraid of. He was a guy that had the guns. He well, not really the guns, but he was a guy that was the the guy. And Jacob, he's not that. You don't have to be that to be something or somebody. Jacob comes along with a very different design that God has for him. Jacob is more fair skinned. Jacob's the guy who likes to stay inside. Jacob's the guy that likes to cook. Jacob's the guy that when you get hungry, he's the one you call because you know he's going to fix something good. Esau's the one you call to go hunt something down, but Jacob's the one you call to cook something good. They're different. That's not a problem. It's important to recognize that. But when Jacob looked at Esau and Jacob looked at himself, Jacob came away with a conclusion. Something's wrong with my story. I don't like my story. He got a good story. I don't have a good story. And so you start life. Jacob starts life with some insecurity, with some comparison. And Jacob writes his own narrative, a false narrative, in which he convinces himself he can't be blessed because he's not like his brother. And so Jacob says, if I'm going to get any blessing, I'm going to have to get it myself. If I'm going to get any kind of money, earnings, rankings, acceptance, I'm going to have to do it myself. And so Jacob makes a bad decision. Jacob becomes one who manipulates to get what he wants. Jacob becomes the one who tricks others to get what he wants because he doesn't Believe he could be blessed in the design that God gave him. It's a strange thing that happens when you reject the design that God has given you. It makes you do kooky things. It makes you do strange things when you reject the design that God has given you. When you don't believe that he's writing a good story in you, you'll go out and create your own false narrative. And this is what Jacob does. Jacob, on one occasion... Um, meets with his brother. Brother's been out hunting. Brother comes in. Brother's tired, hungry. Jacob says, hey, well, I'll, I'll give you some of these beans I just cooked if you'll give me your inheritance. Jacob says, I mean, Esau says, I don't, I don't care about no inheritance. I just want beans. And I know that's exactly what he sounded like. No, no. Whatever it was, Esau said, Fine. Giving him beans. Jacob said, Here you go. On another occasion, Jacob set out to trick his own dad because Jacob really wanted his dad's blessing. Jacob had never had his dad's blessing in his life. Jacob's dad liked Esau. And Jacob struggled. When you don't get your father's affection and approval, you struggle. And Jacob struggled. He didn't like his story, he didn't like what was going on in story. So when his dad was old, blind, Jacob set up a trap. He dressed like his brother to trick his dad into giving him the blessing. When you don't accept who you are, you'll dress up like something else in order to get what you think you need. Do you hear me? When you reject the story that's been given to you, You'll try to dress it up and to become something else so you can think you can get your story that you've been wanting. Jacob got it for a little while. He thought he had really done a number. He thought he had really manipulated the system. He thought he had tricked everybody. But inside, there was still, still turmoil. Jacob was still not happy with his story. Jacob's life goes on, and there's conflict. Jacob's carrying the guilt of that. It causes all kind of family tension and conflict. Um, Jacob's dad, of course, is upset. Esau's upset. And Jacob ends up having to leave and not see his family again. That's what happens when you don't accept the story God's writing into you. It just causes all kind of conflict. So we meet Jacob in our story in Genesis 32, much later in his life. In fact, in his 90s. And God is about to do something powerful for Jacob. Aren't you glad that God doesn't limit when he works in your life by that number you call your age? That wherever you are today, his grace and his mercy are very, very Real, no matter where you've been, what you've done. So here we are, Genesis 32. We've now understood some backstory of what we're walking into. Jacob is not liking his story. He's tried to rewrite the story. In verse 24 is where we begin in chapter 32. It says, one more piece before I do this. This is the night before Jacob has planned to meet with Esau. All the years have gone by and Jacob just, he just can't deal with it. He finally says, okay, God, I will trust you. I will go and be reconciled to my brother before I bring my offering. Yeah, first things first. That's really what's happening here in this story. Jacob is determining, I'm gonna go reconcile with my brother. And he's terrified of what this could be. He's terrified of what could happen. Jacob lays down that night, and this is where this verse begins. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, if you're looking at it in your Bible, you might notice, depending upon the reference or version that you have, that man is capitalized. This is not just any ordinary man that has showed up to wrestle. This is not just, I'm going to throw out a couple of old school wrestling names here, okay? Only a small percentage of us in the room are going to know these names. This is not Jose Lothario. This is not Fritz von Erich. Come on now, come on. This is an angel. This is, a, this is someone else greater than all of them. There's about to be a showdown here, a smackdown of epic proportions. Because the thing is this, what Jacob has done all of his life is wrestle with his story. He's wrestled with it. I don't like what's going on, God. Why do I have to be second born? How come he gets to be first born? How come dad likes him but not me? How come this? How come this? I don't like it. I don't like this. I don't like that. I'm going to be different. I'm going to change myself. I'm going to dress like I want to dress. I'm going to get what I want to get. I'm going to manipulate and steal in order to get my way. And he does all of that. And he's about to have the most epic wrestling match. Because what Jacob thinks is a man who walks up, is really what I believe, a pre-incarnate version of Jesus. You see, there are times in the Old Testament before Jesus was born in the New Testament as a baby and grows up, there are times that Jesus shows up and the Old Testament people are clueless. They don't know who it is. They only know There's something about this man. There's something about him. And Jacob gets in a wrestling match with this man. And it's going to change his life. That's verse 24. Let's move on to verse 25. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, this is referring to the angel, he touched the socket of his hip. In other words, they are wrestling all night long. It is a rough match. It's back and forth, back and forth. It's, it's iron claw, sleeper hold. It's all kind of suplex. It's all kind of, you know, jumping off the ropes and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's going on all night long. They're just wrestling back and forth, back and forth. And, and Jesus says, Hey, whew, I'm not getting through this guy. This guy won't stop, man. Can we, uh, uh, round three or something. Hold on, just wait. They just keep going. They're wrestling all night long. And it says that Jesus, when he realized he wasn't going to prevail, it's Jesus. When he realizes, I'm not going to win this thing, he does something that only Jesus can do. He reaches over while they're in one of these holes and just goes, boop. He just does that. It just touches his hip right over here, and that hip bone goes bonk. It just pops right out of joint. And all of a sudden, Jacob's in a bad way. When your hip gets out of socket, out of place, and you can't, you can't maneuver like you wanted to, you're going to have some pain in this moment. But anytime you wrestle with God, there's going to be some pain. Anytime you wrestle with with what he has for you, there's gonna be some pain, there's gonna be something put out of place because you're wrestling with the very one who has a plan for your life. It would have been so much easier if Jacob would just have said, God, you created me second born. I love that. God, you created me to be a great cook, thank you. You have unique blessings for me that are not like my brother. That's not my story. You've got a story for me. That would have been a lot easier. But Jacob wrestled and wrestled and wrestled with Jesus. It says that the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. That didn't stop him. Jacob doesn't stop. He says, ow, but he gets in another pow. He just doesn't stop. He just keeps going. He doesn't care there's been a little bit of pain. He keeps on wrestling. Verse 26, and he said, Jesus said, let me go. That's enough. For the day breaks. But he said, Jacob, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, let me be clear. Jacob is not stronger than Jesus. Jesus could have at any moment ended this match. It didn't have to last all night. It didn't have to last five hours. It didn't have to last five minutes. It never even had to start. But Jesus let Jacob wrestle him Because that is what Jacob thought he needed to do. Jesus could have beat him at any point. My mic's dropping off. I'm just going to put it in my pocket here. Jesus could have ended it. He could have put the iron claw on his head. He could have put him in a sleeper hole. He could have done something to him to end the match. It could have been over. It could have been done. But Jesus wasn't interested in beating Jacob. Jesus was interested in blessing Jacob. He wanted him to have a blessing. It's all he had ever wanted. Jesus wasn't keeping it away from him. Jacob wasn't believing that it was his. When you keep rejecting the story that's been written for you, you'll live frustrated wrestling all your life. The good thing is that on this night, while they're wrestling, Jacob recognizes this match is different. I've wrestled before. I've wrestled with things in my life. This is different. This man is different. This man has something I need. This man, I don't know who he is exactly, but he's got something I want. He has the power to bless. He has the power to give me favor. He has the power to give me the cleansing, the forgiveness, the approval, the design, the purpose I've needed for my life. And Jacob finally realizes it and says, I'm not letting go until I get some blessing in this match here. Ever spent enough time in prayer not getting the answer you needed and you just said, I'm not getting up off my knees until I get an answer. Sometimes it takes that kind of persistence. Sometimes it takes that kind of just gutting it out, staying faithful, wrestling in prayer. God, I've got to hear from you. God, I've got to know your word to me. God, I've got to have something happen in this situation. God, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to let you go. You've called me. You've chosen me. I know who you are. I don't understand what's going on, but I'm not getting up off my knees until I get a blessing and some direction in my life. Verse 27. Jesus asked a question. So he said to him, what is your name? Now, do you think Because it's dark, because it's late, because he's tired, that Jesus did not know who this was. He knew exactly who it was. He was the one that came up on him. He was the one that chose him. He was the one that set up the match. He was the one who knew. He put it on the headlines. Jesus and Jacob on this night, show up. Jesus knew. So when Jesus asked this question, it wasn't for Jesus. It was for Jacob. Because you see, Jacob had never really liked his name. Jacob, just the very name meant manipulator, trickster. How would you like to name your child manipulator? Hey, manipulator, get in here. Oh, here you go again, Mr. Manipulator. That's all you do, Mr. Manipulator. And that all of his life, that's what he's called. In other words, you don't have enough within you you got to trick everybody else to get them to love you, like you, be friends with you. Every time you heard your name, you heard, you have a loser's story. So when Jesus asked him, what is your name? It was an important moment. Jacob never really liked being honest with who he was. He'd much rather Put on his brother's clothes. He'd much rather trick his dad. He'd much rather be somebody else than to admit, I am Jacob. I have blown it. I have manipulated. I've been the rejector of my story. So Jesus says, What is your name? And Jacob, in honesty, says, Jacob, manipulator, deceiver, tricker. I'm sure the match got quiet in that moment. I'm sure they were looking at each other eye to eye in this moment. Verse 28 says that Jesus said to him, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Jacob, you've spent your life wrestling with your story and with me. Tonight, we've had an epic showdown. And you have all of a sudden become honest about who you are. And you've recognized and you've become honest with who I am. And you've recognized you're not walking away from this match until you get a blessing. So, Jacob, from this point forward, I'm giving you a different name. I'm giving you a different identity. And, Jacob, I'm giving you a different purpose. You're not manipulator anymore, Jacob. Your name is Israel. This is the one now whose name will mean triumphant with God. How would you like to go from manipulator to triumphant with God? How would you like to go from rejected to accepted with God. How would you like to go from hopeless to faithful with God? This is what happened in this moment. God gave Jacob a whole new future. And you and I sit on the other side of the timeline knowing that future because he became one that the nations would come through. Israel would come through him because he wrestled not just with others but with God and recognized I have to have your blessing. In verse 29 it says then Jacob asked saying tell me your name I pray and he said why is it that you ask about my name? What's fascinating to me is what happens next. It says, and he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. If you're like me, you look at the passage and say, wait, where did, did, did Jesus answer? He asked, what is your name? What, is there something missing? There are some things that God does in our heart that are private matters, deep in faith. But boy, when you hear them, they change how you live. And they change that moment. So we don't have what's recorded that Jesus said, but we do know this, that Jacob said, I'm changing change the name of this place. This place right here, this is Wrestling Central. I'll forever remember this. This is the place where I saw God face to face, and I lived. He didn't reject me. He didn't condemn me. He didn't push me away. He didn't try to measure me. He didn't say my past defiled me. He didn't say I couldn't ever know him. He didn't say, get out of here. He didn't say, your story's a mess. He didn't do any of that. Instead, he looked at me face to face and he gave me a new name. I don't know what your past has been up to this moment. I don't know if you look at your story and think, why did I have to be born into, why did I have to live through Why did that person have to do this to me? Why did this happen? How come I'm not like them? How come I'm not like them? Maybe you've looked at your story and thought, I don't like my story. And maybe you've wrestled, and you've wrestled, and you've wrestled. And God is now wrestling with you, saying, I have a story for you. And it's time to stop all the comparison It's time to stop all the judging. It's time to stop all the insecurity and realize I love you and I have a story for you. I am writing in your life and he looks at you eye to eye, face to face and because of what Jesus has done, you live and now you have a new story this is what you and i are invited to in our story i close with the last verse and it's one of these things it's like an epic movie ending it says just as he crossed over pinuel the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip <laughs> you know the music is swelling as oh, bum, bum 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 the sun's coming up and here goes Jacob, just, just kind of walking off, you know, into the into the distance there across the horizon. You just see him in a silhouette, and he's and you're just like, oh, Jacob, Israel. Ooh, man, that's a great movie. Hey, here's the deal. Israel went on different because he had a purpose. But he also went different because he walked with a limp forever after that. It doesn't say that he was mad, that he was bitter, that he shook his fist at God because of his limp. Instead, I have to think that Israel thought, this is part of my story. I limp, but boy, that limp reminds me of one amazing night when i saw the face of god and i was changed he changed me he gave me a new name you may look at your life today and think i know i believe in jesus and i know i'm going to go to heaven and i know he loves me but i got this thing in my life that just i just feel like i'm not moving like i'd like to i'm not moving as fast as i'd like to i'd like to see some different things happen in my life it's almost like i've got this limp God uses limps in our story to help us remember the greatness of his glory in us. He'd forever walk with dependence from that point forward. His limp reminded him of a night he had face to face with God. And his limp reminded him, I'll always trust and I'll always remember what I used to be manipulator. And now who I am, Israel. Amen. Your backstory is important. Don't discount it. Don't deny it. Don't hide it because it's out of your backstory that he gets the greatest glory. It's out of this story that the whole name of Israel has meaning You'll never hear the name Israel again now the same as you did before because you know this story. When you know the backstory. it brings God glory. So as you write your story over this next couple of months, don't be embarrassed, ashamed of where you've been, but instead tell how Jesus met you and brought you out. Amen? Would you bow your heads as we pray? Father, I thank you that you don't leave us in our backstory. You don't leave us in darkness. You don't leave us in pain. You don't leave us in despair. But you meet us in those dark places. And you call us to be honest with who we are. And then you show us your face. I thank you that you've shown us your face in the life the death and the resurrection of Jesus. You've shown us what you think about us. And your heart toward us is good. I pray we would walk this week in the confidence of our new name, not our old name. We'd walk in the confidence of what you've called us to. With a destiny in front of us, with greatness ahead of us because of the change you brought in us. We'll never again be ashamed of our story, but we'll tell it with great confidence and great hope because you changed us. You changed us from who we were to something new, and we'll walk in that new name and shout it to the world around us. Jesus has changed me. This this is my story. We pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Wow, what a great message about our backstory. Go ahead and hit like and subscribe down below and we will see you next week.